the USFL gambling podcast week one reaction show on the sports gambling podcast networks brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Yes. Use the promo code SGPN BA uh, to get 10% off everything in the SGPN store. So do that. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Football is a unique American experience. A game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. But survive it did. SFL gambling podcast is here reacting from the first week of the 2023 season. And it did not disappoint, but perhaps you're wondering, you know, just who the hell you're listening to. You're saying, Hey, who is this guy screaming at you? Uh, look, my name is Colby swing database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price. But no one touches Dundee. <laughs> yes! It was beautiful. Look, we're, we're big fans here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of all spring leagues, all right? Spring football, we want all these games on. But it was beautiful having the USFL back in general. Great season a year ago, but also mixing that, yeah, with the XFL. We do host the XFL Gambling Podcast, so check that out. But here we are, USFL Week One. I am joined by my uh, look. I, he's he's a guest, but not really. He's kind of a co-host. He's a anywhere he lay in, lay, you know lays his hat is his home when it comes to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network because you've heard him on the NFL Gambling Podcast, you've heard him on the XFL Gambling Podcast where he is my co-host. But also he is the host of the Old Fashioned Football Podcast, which I cannot recommend enough. Folks, get on over there, subscribe to it. I give you Justin Mark. AKA J Mark. How you doing, brother? Doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk some USFL. Um, kind of the uh, the first spring football that I, I really, really dove into. Like I had watched spring football before, but when USFL started back up last year, that's when I, I got um, obsessed, we could say. So I'm excited it's back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh I mean, this is uh I mean, what a what an opening week we just had. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm curious. Like I know I love both these leagues, right? 
I love both these leagues, but at the same time, I really believe the USFL product is a lot better on the field. Not from obviously XFL has the advantage of the, uh, the home atmospheres, which I, I, it's so much better. Obviously a game in DC or St. Louis, those are really the only two that really pop, but yeah. uh, I, USFL is missing that a little bit, but we do have Birmingham that popped Memphis was decent, but I just think the quality of play is so much better in the United States football league than the XFL. I know uh, I was on uh, hoops, Peterson on Vison talking behind the scenes with a couple guys that, uh, that cover kind of uh, well, actually they cover more so the XFL, but I had asked them that question. They didn't think so. Um, I, I know they're XFL homers perhaps, but I'm curious your take on that. Yeah, no. Um, it's interesting. USFO is running all those commercials that real football is back. It, it almost feels that way. I mean, I love the XFL as well, but it's like going to, let's say um, I live in Winterset, Iowa, very small town. It's like going to that high school game and watching them play compared to going up to one of the Des Moines schools like Johnston or one of those big schools. Like there's an obvious difference to me in the game flow and the game play. I don't know why. I mean, where they're picking from the same talent pool, really. Yeah. If you think about I, it, I, I, so it doesn't make sense why, but there is a difference. You can tell. I think. Well, I think last year the USFL was able to get in there. You know, after after COVID had hit, they we had, had we hadn't had spring football for a couple of years, and uh, they retained most of their offensive line guys. The offensive line stands out to me as just far yeah. and above way better than the XFL offensive lines. Now, I also believe that. And I also think they got better coaches. I think that matters a lot. I think like Mike Riley and Bart Andrus and uh, skip Holtz uh, have, have just been fantastic coaches and they were at their previous stops. But um, yeah. I, I think those three, I mean, some of the other ones would remain to be seen, but specifically those three. And I, even last year, Larry Fedora at, at new Orleans, I thought was decent. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like <laughs> The eye test tells me all that. The eye, like when I watch yeah. it, I'm just like, man, their O line play is a lot better. But the the numbers also kind of back me up here. I went through and I so week one of the XFL this year, uh, they averaged 513 yards per game. Uh, the USFL 564 yards per game. Now the the XFL did throw for more passing yards per game uh, in week one. Now that doesn't surprise me because they attempt way more throws. Um, and just as it shouldn't surprise you that uh, that the the offensive line and the run game for the USFL they averaged almost uh, 53 yards more per game on the ground, uh, but it was a little bit of a drop from a year ago in the USFL. Now I think here's the big thing that stands out, and I, I got this nugget pulled up here, uh, and I I guess we should expect this maybe next year with the XFL. Not and, and so you essentially have. Andrus was back. Skip Holtz is back. Mike Riley's back. Todd Haley's back. So what? Four of the eight coaches, I believe, are back. Am I forgetting any? No, four of the eight are back. That's right. Yeah. And what we saw was only four interceptions. See, th- this is what I mean. The quality of game. Um, compare that to the XFL's. You know, week one was twelve. Twelve interceptions in the XFL. That's what I mean by line screw. Obviously, they're running the ball way more, but they're also committing to the run more. Well, 
with the XFL passing much more. And I guess you could say, but still 12 interceptions to four and the yards were the difference in yardage. Wasn't that crazy. I think the, the XFL threw for like, uh, you know, I think it was like somewhere like 50 or 60 yards more per game. Um, but compare that to some of the other years I saw the XFL in 2020, which I actually thought was a better product from a visibility standpoint in 2020 than 2022. I'm not trying to shit on the XFL. I hope that league makes it. I'm rooting for it, but only eight picks that week. One, the AAF back in 2019 had 12, just like the XFL did this year. USFL only four. That's a substantial, that's a substantial difference between all the other spring leagues. Uh, yeah. I I think that has to do with the offensive line play. What what, what do you make of that? Of uh, my my uh, you know get my my analysis there. Do, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Unless it was, um, I mean, we saw the XFL. We were both taken aback by how much they were throwing the ball and how little they were running. I don't know if the rock told all the coaches like, Hey, look, people want to see you passing the ball, not running it. I have no idea, but you know, I think the offensive line is a big part of that. Um, minus the breakers, their offensive line did not look good, yeah. but everybody else in the USFL, the offensive line looks much improved, um, compared to like the XFLs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, maybe it's just the rock was like, Hey, you know, the youth likes passing the ball. I know I saw it today college, you know, I host the college football experience. Subscribe. They're coming for triple option football, trying to get it out of the game, which I just fucking makes me dis- <laughs> just want to vomit. It's the core of football. But uh, um, anyway, I mean, I guess we'll see as the season goes along. I'm, I'm curious to see, let's talk about these games. The first game was the Philadelphia stars at the Memphis showboats. And I thought this is the one that really popped right I had uh, you know two screens going up. Uh, I had the uh, no no no. This one was not. I'm sorry. It was the next game. This one was solo. We we but still the stars showboats. This was uh, the Memphis showboats first game since 1985, I believe. Uh, so the stars. Uh, this was my lock of the week. Thankfully they covered this. This is more of a, more of a game than I thought. And I I'll be honest. I thought their offensive line, which I thought was the worst offensive line the year ago, as the Tampa Bay Bandits. I thought they showed great improvement, great improvement yeah. on the ground game and pass blocking, which actually gives me hope for maybe the showboats being a contender in this league. I know they're, they're taking on Birmingham this, this week who looks really good and obviously won the freedom cup a year ago, but the stars uh, edge out the, the showboats. I thought this game was pretty fantastic. 27, 24 uh, at the Liberty bowl here. You look at the box score um, cook is Cookus looked, he didn't miss a beat. Broke a leg last year? Not a problem. 20 of 29, 7.3 yards of completion, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also had 31 yards on the ground. Actually led the Stars rushing on the ground, which, uh, if you watched last season, not that surprising, but still a little surprising because Matt Colburn. Uh, pretty good back. Just they they don't commit to him that often. If anything, Colburn's more more dynamic in the passing attack. And then you had uh, Memphis with Brady White. Uh, remember last year they had Jordan Tamu. Brady White played all right. Uh, saw Cole Kelly getting there a few plays too. What did you make of this game? And uh, and and what do you think? Do you think the Showboats can contend? I think they might be able to this year. No, I agree. I was really impressed with how they played, especially, I mean, this is the same Tampa Bay bandits team, really. I mean, I know they have different players like every USL team, but 
the team just migrated. It's not like, oh, this new team popped out of nowhere. Um, and they looked a lot better than last year. Last year, it seemed like it was a shit show all the time. But um, I want to see more of Cole Kelly. I was a big fan of Cole Kelly in college. Um, yeah, me I too. Thought he was, I thought he was going to get more of an NFL shot. I mean, you don't see many six foot seven quarterbacks that can sling it like him, can move like he does. Um, so I want to see more of him, even though Brady White did do well. But, and I don't want to keep, um, I guess, comparing the leagues, but is there any quarterback in the XFL you would take over Case Cookus? No. I mean, maybe, yeah. you, maybe, I mean, especially knowing we saw Tayamu in the USFL, but uh, I mean, Tayama is playing really fucking good right now, but I still think Case mm-hmm. Cook is, is playing at a higher level than, than all of them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what, what stood out to me about Memphis is a 4.6 yards of carry. Last yeah. year, I feel like every game was like 2.3, 2.1, 1. 1.4. Um, that is huge. The defense looked way better to me. I know they still gave up a solid amount of points, but that's because Bart Andrews is pretty good offensively. And like we alluded to case cook is, is case cook is, but uh, the defensive coordinating f- step from pepper Johnson to Carnell Lake. I think, I think I like the way this showboats team played defensively. And I know they have Birmingham on deck, so I don't want to say like, oh, this team, but if they could win that game, obviously that would make a, a statement, but I feel like the team's a lot better this year. The stars. I hope you guys got in on some of that action. What where uh, I'm curious, I, I'm curious what the odds would be right now. I don't have that pulled up, but uh, I think it was plus 500 to win the uh, to win the, the the Freedom Cup coming into the season. I don't understand why they look really good again, and Andrus is is just a really good coach, man. I, I think the team. I know Bug Howard didn't play, but they still got guys. Whether it's Dexter Williams or Colburn, both scored. Uh, Corey Coleman, the Baylor kid, Chris Rowland. Uh, Jordan Sewell, uh, Overton. I mean, they just got guys. I think the offense is one of the best in the league. What do you make of the stars? Yeah, no, I was really impressed with Corey Coleman. Um, that's a guy that he had his cup of coffee with the NFL, didn't make it. And I wanted to see how he would do in this league. And I thought he stepped right in. There's a lot of miles to feed there, but he still made an impact. I'm excited to see Bug Howard get back on the field. If anybody's listened to me last year, especially fantasy football wise, Bugs my guy. I've liked him since North Carolina days when he was catching passes from Mitch Trubisky. Um, There we go. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I think the stars are one of the most efficient offenses in the league. I know, I know Birmingham is really good, but um, the stars are efficient and they can, they can move the ball. Well, they pass very well. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, all right, we're going to talk some more of the games here, but before we do, I want to tell you that the USFL Gambling Podcast is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Yeah, I'm sorry, not the Merch Store. Underdog Fantasy. We got Merch Store as a second ad read. I'm fucking this all up. Uh, look, uh, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and guess what? The NHL playoffs—they start tonight. The NBA playoffs are already going, and what better way to get down on some of the player props? Uh, part they have player prop parlays. Uh, over at Underdog Fantasy, uh, besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also got you covered for NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half a million in prizes up for grabs. Also, you could—they got USFL stuff over there. So head on over to uh, UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right, we are back talking United States Football League uh, game two. 
New Jersey Generals at Birmingham Stallions. I mean, this one. This one drove me a little crazy because I did play the Generals on the money line. Stallions did look like the better team. One of the big things that I noticed was the loss of Chris Dishman, the defensive coordinator for the Generals. It's going to be interesting to see Ted Cottrell, longtime DC in the in the NFL. I remember him with the Jets and the Vikings um, to see how they do. But here's another. This was kind of an XFL type game because you had uh, the Generals actually had 51 more yards of offense. Then the stallions, they just couldn't put it together with either interceptions or uh, I, I thought personally, I thought they got robbed on a touchdown by Deandre Johnson, where he scored on the goal line. They reviewed oh, yeah. it. That and was like, a touchdown. Oh my God. That's a touchdown. I, my prayer is like, no, nah, I couldn't judge. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? The replay is right there. That's a touchdown. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you this, Deandre Johnson did not look great throwing the ball. I actually thought last year he no. looked much better throwing the ball. Now I get it first game of the season, but man, did he give us a highlight that I will remember for a while when he like basically had like a 50 yard run where he ran over the safety and I'm not even, he didn't even attempt to go around him. He tried to go through him and he did uh, still made the tackle. But uh, what'd you make of the general? So the generals had 361 yards of offense, 5.8 yards of play, uh, four red zone attempts though. And only one touchdown. And I think that is how you lose a game. Four red zone yeah. attempts. Uh, we saw Dakota Dakota Prokop come in. I like this kid. I thought he I thought he played pretty well. Um, I don't think we should panic. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, what's my guy? The Johnson Toby Johnson, the defensive lineman, tweeted out: "General fans, don't panic. Our team is good. <laughs> uh, they led the the U, they're leading the USFL in rushing. That's not surprising. As uh, Darius Victor, they didn't have Trey Williams either. Trey Williams was a late scratch." Uh, Victor had eight for 89. I was surprised he didn't get more carries with, uh, with averaging 11.1 yards a carry surprised. You don't get more carries. What's going on there with that. Yeah, I think it was just that they got themselves in a hole and we see coaches do it far too often. They abandon the run. They panic a little and say, we need to pass this ball so we can catch up. Um, but yeah, Victor, you know, that guy is just a bowling ball. I love watching him run. He's a old school runner, short guy, um, compact. And yeah, he, he's a, he's a hell of a runner. He's fun to watch. And look, I'm a big Mike Riley fan, big Mike Riley fan. I remember him even in the OG world league and, or I guess the second world league in the night in 1991, when he was the head coach of the San Antonio riders, but uh, followed him at Oregon state, San Diego chargers, Oregon state, Nebraska, all that stuff. But Man, call one eight hundred pick Dundee, Mike. Because uh, if I have Darius Victor, I can guarantee you this: I watched Darius Victor all last season. Especially if you tell me Trey Williams is out, there's no way I'm only giving Darius Victor eight carries. My yeah. game plan would be like the guy's having twenty carries minimum, minimum. I understand you, you like to run the quarterbacks, uh, and Pro Cop even had a rushing touchdown. But uh, another thing is replacing obviously Cavante Turpin. I, I, I rostered up DFS wise, Cam Eccles looper. He reminds me a little bit of Monte uh, Devon, uh, Cavante Turpin, but he, he still had a good game five for 54 receiving. Uh, I had a couple of rushes that didn't really pan out for much and was decent in the return game, but they, they seem to be missing a little bit of the pop there. The O line still looks good. I'm not going to panic yet, but, but I do want to see the defense get better because I felt like defense vulnerable first play of the game actually for Jamar Smith and the stallions was like a fucking 60 yard touchdown pass. Uh, are, are, what, what do you feel? You're not going to panic yet. If you're a general fan, correct? You think they're still, they're going to be okay. 
Um, yeah, I think they'll be all right. Um, I was the usage of Prukup surprising to you? Because when they signed him, like I watched him in the CFL, and he was mainly used as a short yardage quarterback. You know, when they got around the goal line, they'd bring him in to run it. He's a DeAndre Johnson type quarterback. So I thought when they signed him, he was kind of like, oh, if Johnson gets hurt. So it kind of surprised me to see him get as much usage as he did. Um, but yeah, I'm not panicked on this team, especially if Johnson can keep using, I think the kids would call that the hit stick. That's the hit stick when yeah. you're playing Madden, right? And <laughs> just lower and boom, <laughs> knock the guy over. Like that was, that was one of the best football plays I've seen in in a while. Yeah, I agree. But now yeah, to back to your original point there, I was shocked that the pro cup or pro coop, however you pronounce that he threw 17 passes. Pro cup. Yeah. Pro cup, 17 passes, 13 of 17. Compared to Johnson, four of thirteen. Johnson just two point two yards of completion. That's awful. But uh, I, I, some of those were worm burners. Some of those were balls that got deflected at the line of scrimmage. Either and and it m- might even been a drop or two in there. But still, was not super impressed there. Meanwhile, let's talk about the Stallions here because Jamar Smith, Alex Mago, they look to be pretty decent here. Uh, combined seventeen to twenty six for about sixty six percent completion percentage, two hundred twenty eight yards, eight point eight yards of completion. I was shocked that Bo Scarborough had two rushes for negative one yards. What? Uh, yeah. Sorry if you listened to my DFS lineup last week, <laughs> because I had no idea that Mar- CJ Marable would get nine carries. I mean, CJ Marable. I thought he would get some carries because he's a good running back, but he's kind of a third down change of pace back. What I, I was shocked there that Scarborough. I don't know if he got in the doghouse in, in training camp, but just two rushes for negative one yards. Uh, I think he might have had a catch too. Um, yeah, one for five receiving. Uh, but I, and, and Stur- Jay Sternberger, the uh, the former Texas A&M tight end, looked really good. Uh, now, uh, unfortunately, Marlon Williams, the uh, the kid from UCF who was really good a year ago, tore his ACL. He's out for the year. What what'd you make of uh, the Stallions in their first and, and I guess Scooby Wright, our, our friend that's been on the show, got dinged up as well. What'd you make of the Stallions' first uh, first game? Yeah, I mean they picked up where they left off last year, right? They only lost one game last year, and they look like that same team. They're efficient. They move the ball. They uh, dominate on both sides of the ball. Really, I expected this to be a closer game. the The outcome surprised me. Um, yeah, but yeah, they look like the same team. Really, you know what? They have a leg up on the whole fucking league. A coaching continuity. I don't mean just skip Holtz back. You look at New Jersey, they lost their DC. You look at Philadelphia, different DC. John Chavez or Chavez is still the 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 DC, and this is a legend. If you follow follow college football, specifically the SEC, he's been a legendary uh, DC there. But he was there last year with with Skip Holtz. They have this continuity on both sides of the ball with their coordinators. And then Jamar, the fact Jamar Smith has been, this is his seventh season in skip Holtz's offense. So they have a mm-hmm. leg up seventh consecutive the year Holtz got fired. He drafted Jamar Smith. So I think they just have a, inge- when you consider all of that, that they kept both of their coordinators, right? I understand they lost Vic Bolden. I understand they're going to have to deal with the adversity of, of Williams, you know, tearing his ACL and out for the season. But I kind of think they're going to win it again because, because seven years is seven years. And then the continuity, I know it's week one, maybe I'm overreacting, but I just feel like, I just feel like I trust them. I trust them a lot in this, in this uh, league. So I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that is a big reason why they won it last year. 
besides the home crowd, I know you could say, well, they had a home crowd. Yes. I do believe that that can be an advantage, but um, I think just Jamar Smith running that offense uh, with, with his old coach for a long time is a huge advantage in these leagues. We talked about it with Andrus. Andrus, yeah. you know, had connect, had connections with Brian Scott pre- previously before the, uh, before the league. And obviously they were looking good with Brian Scott before his injury. And now, now Brian Scott's in Argo subscribe to the CFL gambling podcast. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the, the, the next game here because uh, man, I, I, I did think that game was going to be better. I thought that game was going to be better and it wasn't here. Thomas in the chat saying the soccer guy, Nabil just sent me a threatening email because I canceled my paid subscription with him. SP SGPN needs drug test. Huh? Well, we're, we're, we'll work on that. And, uh, <laughs> and I hope everything's okay. I hope everything's okay. I'll follow back uh, zero 800 hours tomorrow and uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. Um, look, I guess before we start talking about the Panthers and gamblers, I want to tell you folks out there that the USFL gambling podcast is brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Yes. In honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store. We have USFL gambling podcasters. Look, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com USFL gambling podcast, uh, you will see, you know, J Mark, even though he's in the smaller screen, he is wearing the USFL gambling podcast uh, sweatshirt. Shout out to him. He's wearing that. You can get that 10% off. We also have ton of a ton of other gear for other shows and stuff like that, but just get on over there and hit the promo code SGPNBA. Uh, so head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code SGPNBA to get uh, 10% off everything. All right. So, uh, all right, we're back. And I'm curious, man, did I get this wrong? I didn't do great on my picks, by the way. I knew this game was crazy. So I, at least I got my lock right of the stars. And also I locked the over in that game and that cashed, but I didn't know what to do when it came to the Panthers and gamblers. And I, if you want to talk about, I know we talked about Memphis as the biggest shock as far as they're just way better. Well, addition by subtraction with uh, say getting rid of Jeff Fisher, they retained the offensive coordinator. So this must not have been uh, the offensive coordinator that was messing things up there. But wow, did you get to check out our boy Josh Love, who was just named? So look, I liked Josh Love when he was at San Jose State. He was a walk-on, played for Brent Brennan. I remember he went on the road to SEC country and took down Arkansas at Arkansas. And I, I was a big fan of that San Jose State team that uh, you know just just were they came out of the blue. And I liked what Josh Love was. And I, I so last year when the Pittsburgh Maulers had him. Coming into the season without me knowing a thing about Kirby Wilson, besides he coached running backs for 30 years, I said, Hey, I like the Josh Love connection. He's got Trey Walker. I think this Maulers offense could be all right. Well, after about a, a five minutes of watching the Maulers uh, week one last year, I, I was like, You know what? I was wrong. I will not take anyone on this team. Josh Love got cut a couple weeks later, and he ended up on the Michigan Panthers. And to be honest, he looked awful uh, because the whole Panther offense looked awful. Now, Jeff Fisher's gone. And wow, what a difference. What a difference it makes. Josh Love, M- uh, MVP of the week by the way, just announced. Uh if you follow if you follow that player of the week and if you if you look at this stat line here, 20 or 18 of 20. 18 of 20. 
90% completion percentage, 215 yards for 10.8 yards of completion. So it wasn't like he was like check Jack Cohn over here, check it down for screens. <laughs> Each pass going vertically down the field, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now to be fair, Carson strong, the backup did go five for five, but only at six yards of completion. So it's a little bit different, a little more conish, but uh, wow. The Panthers also, you know, Reggie Corbin had been their man last year. He's still a good back, but they went to, to a heavy dosage to Stevie Scott the third. I like both those backs from a year ago. I think they got a good ground game going. Um, Joe Walker at wideout six for one oh five and a TD. We know their defense was good a year ago. They had a pick six in this game. What what'd you make of the Michigan Panthers? And like this is if he's playing at this level, I'm gonna go ahead and say they're contenders. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy, but I agree with you. Um, I made a, a preseason take on the alt fantasy sports podcast saying, you think Josh Love's going to stand in Carson Strong's way? No fucking way. Well, apparently he is because he looked really damn good. I did not expect that at all. Um, it, that's the Josh Love kind of like you. I expected to see last year because I did think he was a good quarterback. Um just goes, I mean, you've said it so many times, it, it's all about coaching, right? Yeah. And so now they get different coaching in there and we see what Josh Love can do. And if they keep playing like that, especially when you look at this game, the turnovers, I feel like they should have lost this game. If you look at the mistakes they made, they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. They probably should have lost, but they just, they ran so efficiently when they did have the ball and they weren't making mistakes that it didn't matter. Yeah. Do you know who Jeff Fisher reminds me of? Like, uh, okay. I'm a Jets fan, and I would I, I remember watching years of Rex Ryan, and you'd be like, "Man, the defense is fucking good," but it's like they haven't practiced any offense. When they, when you would watch the offense play, it's penalties, and you know some like we knew Reggie Corbin was a guy that could play. I I knew last year Joe Walker. I, they had Lance Lenore and Joe Walker, and I was like, I like these wideouts and Devin Ross, and uh, just. Jeff Fisher couldn't make it work. And and I, it's the same situation. I feel like the minute that you see like Rex Ryan leave, and I guess that ex- Jeff, Jeff Fisher also pl- coached under buddy Ryan. So maybe that explains all of that, but, um, <laughs> uh, but man, I can't wait to watch them the rest of the season because I feel like, I feel like it's just a brand new, that's the same roster for the most part, man. They don't yeah. Josh Love was Josh Love was on the team. They have both running backs from the team. Joe Walker and and uh, Devin Ross were two of the wideouts, and they added some other wideouts because they lost Lenore. But they, it's a lot of the same guys, so it, it just shows you how important coaching is. Yeah, for sure. And, and that any, or the gamblers are really bad. That's true. Now I have a lot of questions <laughs> about the gamblers. All right. I kind of thought Cozart was gonna was gonna start at quarterback, and I see that he didn't. I, don't, I think he was third string too. So they they're like they went all in on Bahar, who last season there were some red flags for me with Bahar. Well, they look to be still there. Thirteen of twenty two, fifty nine percent, one hundred nine yards, five yards of completion, two picks, one of them being a pick six. Um, I think this team might be really bad. The Curtis Johnson hire was weird to me. He was terrible at Tulane. He was a college coach for like two years, but he was a pro coach forever. Right. Um, I don't consider him a college football coach. I feel like that was like a, Hey, uh, go out and get the saints guy because we're at Tulane. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't think that was like a, Hey, this guy's a, 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 a great college coach. He was not very good at Tulane. Uh, and he, 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 I think we'll have the same problems that he had in college in these spring leagues because of the constant turnover. Um, they didn't have Mark Thompson to be fair. Who's clearly the best right. offensive player. 
Um, but I think they have quarterback issues and I'm surprised they didn't play the backup when you're only completing 59% of your passes for five yards of completion and have two picks. Maybe out of all these leagues, even the best teams are using two QBs. Curtis Johnson saying, Nope, Bahar's our guy. This might be the worst team in the league based off of week one power rankings wise. They're my worst team. I'm just, I know we got to get to our power rankings, but I'm curious. What do you think about the the future of the gamblers? Yeah, no power rankings are my worst as well. Um, they, they were a mess. They really were. Uh, they, the defense had some decent plays, but overall they were a mess. I do think missing Mark Thompson hurt, but either way, they just, they couldn't run efficiently. The offense couldn't open up holes and Bahar. I don't think is the guy Cozart. I could get behind him being the guy, former Boise state guy. I thought he would um, be the guy. Cause I'm like, he's a better passer than Bahar, but clearly yeah. not. Um, and how about uh, what was it? Speaks speaks had what? I think three and a half oh, sacks yeah. or something. Unbelievable yep. performance. Uh, seven tackles for, for the Panthers. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's switch on over and talk Maulers and Breakers. Because look, I was I was foolish enough on our on our pick show. I was like, there's one game that I'm not gonna see coming that I'm gonna try to pick. So I was like, you know what? Give me the Maulers money line. And for a second, when they returned a punt for a touchdown, uh, it was 15-15. And had they made the extra point, they were gonna be up with four minutes left in the game. Not only did they miss the extra point. Then the kicker kicked the ball out of bounds, which in the XFL or within the USFL, you get it at the 50 yard line. Now credit to the breakers. They didn't really deserve to lose this game. They kind of dominate. You want to talk about a yards domination here. I mean, Pittsburgh, as much as I like Ray Horton, uh, they got some work to do because they only had a hundred They were by far the worst offense in this league, even worse than Houston. I was impressed with the defense though. Ruben Foster, the former five-star from Bama getting after yeah. it. Uh, but just 156 yards of offense. Meanwhile, New, or- New Orleans had 332 yards of offense, and they almost lost this game. They almost lost this game. You have the uh, the uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson is is uh, you know former Grey Cup winner with the Argos. He threw for 302 yards, and I guess he didn't turn the ball over with the with an interception. But he had a he he had one passing touchdown. They just couldn't get their red zone offense was terrible. They just kept getting field goals. Their offensive line did not look great. I mean, 2.7 yards of rush, 62 yards rushing, and 16 of those came with Bethel Thompson. Yes, Surratt, Adams, Dixon, all good wideouts. I, I got to see more out of this run game be, in this offensive line before I get totally sold on New Orleans. But where do you stand with the uh, the Breakers? Well, uh, I'll tell you in my power rankings, I almost wanted to put Pittsburgh above them. I know that's stupid because. Pittsburgh just lost to them, but I'm not sold. That was because the breakers were the better team. They, uh, they had some questionable play calling. They had their offensive line was terrible. Um, I think they won this game because McLeod Bethel Thompson is such a veteran. He's been around quite a while, been around these leagues and um, you could see that towards the end. Now I, I kind of shit on his play in the early parts of the game, but I do feel like he helped pull the team together to get them the win but I'm not sold. They're not a team that I think can go in and beat Birmingham, you know, or beat Philadelphia. They just, they don't uh, look like contenders to me. Like they did last year with Slaughter and Canella. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And at least not yet. I mean, week one, don't want to overreact, but right. <laughs> and then you have Pittsburgh who 
I mean, uh, quarterback change with what a minute left in the game. Interesting philosophy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you got Morgan, the former Bowling Green standout and Florida International standout. He didn't. He didn't do great. Josh Morgan, uh, six of fifteen for fifty-eight yards, three point nine yards of completion. But then, <laughs> I mean, all together as a team, three three yards of completion, not. Great, and then uh, the the run game eighty four yards four point four yards a rush. I guess you're okay there, but uh, yeah, the, the the passing game needs some work. But man, Ruben Foster twelve tackles, nine uh, tackles, uh, solo tackles, pretty impressive performance defensively for the uh, for for uh, the Maulers there. But what do you make of the Maulers? I mean, they're, they're kind of like last year offensively. Yeah, they are. Um, it was pretty stagnant. I don't know. I mean, they got Garrett Groshek and Madre London guys that are supposed to be good runners, but they can't seem to break off big runs at any time. It's kind of weird to me. Um, it's offensive line issues, I guess. I thought it would change this year. Um, but they have a really, really good defense. That defense, I think, is going to be able to keep them in a lot of games. If they could just get just a little bit more efficient on offense, then yeah. I think they could be a team that is going to string together some wins, but if they can't get that offense together, then they're cooked already. Hear me out right now. Houston has clear quarterback problems. Pittsburgh clear quarterback problems. I think every other team in the league probably looking all right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could talk me into Memphis maybe, but Kyle Sloter is available right now. True. I don't know how the like, especially if you're if you're Pittsburgh or Houston, you got to sign him now. Mm-hmm. I refuse to believe that these other guys are better than Kyle Sloter. I understand he just struggled in the USFL. I'm sorry, in the XFL. XFL, but yep. I don't care. He's better than these guys. He's better than these guys. Just go out there and sign him right now. If you're really trying to to win the Freedom Cup, you need Slaughter Sundays on your team. Um, all right, let's 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 power rank these things. L- these teams here, eight deep. I got price updates if you want championship uh, oh, features updates. Let, real quick. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about Bir- that. Birmingham Stallions two and a half to one. They're the favorites, obviously. New Jersey, it's a little over four to one. It's plus four fifteen. They're the second best, which is interesting because. Uh, they they need to put a better game together than they did. The stars plus four thirty. They really didn't come up that much from five wow. five and a half or five gotta, to one. Got to get in there right now on that. Yeah, got to get I, in I there get right that. now. I mean, I, I I don't think the jersey play is that crazy considering the yardage. Like they were still very efficient, and they mm-hmm. didn't have Trey Williams, who I think is one of their better players. But the stars one, I still don't understand it. It's like anyone yeah. that watches the league, you're like, dude, this team is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. like, like there's only a couple teams that really jump out to me. Like I made this case saying that the DC defenders are the only team that really looks like good to me in the XFL and maybe Seattle's starting to become that. Uh, whereas like the three teams we knew coming in, I would even say it was kind of like four with new Orleans, but new Orleans obviously replacing Larry Fedora. So I knew three teams that I trust New Jersey, Birmingham, Philadelphia. And I, I still think that remains the same after, after uh Week one, but to get the odds you can on Philadelphia, who might have won the Freedom Cup had Case Cook has not gotten injured uh, a year ago, unbelievable odds. Get over there. Uh, besides that, let's talk. What what are, what are what are odds for the other uh, the other five teams? Yeah, Breakers plus five forty five, Panthers plus six forty five, Showboats plus eight twenty five. 
Gamblers plus 990 and the Maulers plus 1500, 15 to 1. The Panthers one is is appealing to me. Agreed. I, they looked good. They looked really good. Um if I had to take another one after that, I mean I think New Orleans, I guess, but I, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, I mean they're in the South too, which I feel like right now. Uh, Memphis and Birmingham just look better than them, but let's get to the old power rankings. Um, who's the top team in the league? It's got to be Birmingham, right? Yeah, for sure. Birmingham still won. The continuity I touched on, I think, is so huge. At two, Philadelphia. Yep. So we got a potential rematch of the Freedom Cup after Week One. Curious where you go at three. I'm still going New Jersey. Are you? Um, I got the Panthers. I know that sounds crazy, but they looked good. They did look good. They did look good. They're my four. They're yeah. my four. So I go New Jersey three, so, Michigan four. Who do you got four? Yeah, I got New Jersey four. So we just have those flipped. Okay. At five, I have uh this is where it gets a little interesting. So you got what? New Orleans, Houston, uh New Orleans, Houston, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Who's, and, and Memphis. Memphis. I think it's Memphis. Same. Yep, that's who I got. Okay. At six, I got Pittsburgh. I went Is New defense. I like that defense, man. Yeah. I went New Orleans. I went New Orleans. I just got to see some more offense, uh, yeah. but I have Pittsburgh seventh. Who do you, you I'm taking you have New Orleans seventh. Yep. And then at eight, we have the, the, uh, who, who, the gamblers. Who, yeah. The Houston gamblers with Kenji Bahar. Um, yeah. I think we see eye to eye on them being the clear cut worst. I'm eager to see if they go out and try to get Slaughter Sundays uh, or Slaughter Saturdays. Kyle Slaughter just sitting there. Why would you not? Did didn't I see right. also? Did they cut Plitt? I feel like they um, cut Slaughter. I thought someone else got cut in this league at quarterback. That made me say, "Oh, I wonder if if they'll go to the USFL." But maybe I can't remember. Maybe yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, I don't know who it was. But poor Houston fans. They got Bahar and Brandon Silvers to cheer for. <laughs> that is tough. That is tough. Yeah. Go out there, get Slaughter. Come on. He's available, yeah. folks. And we are available. Make sure you subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast. We're just getting started. This is just week one. We'll be back on Thursday picking week two's games. And and qu- quickly before uh before we get out of here, I'm curious. Um I'm curious what you make of the schedule coming up here. What game are you most excited to see, J Mark? We got uh so on Saturday, the Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers. This is on USA Network. Uh and, and then Saturday night you have the Memphis Showboats, Birmingham Stallions, and then Sunday you get uh on NBC, by the way, the Memphis Showboats, Birmingham Stallions games on Fox. But then on NBC on Sunday, you get New Jersey Generals, Pittsburgh Maulers, and then on FS1 Sunday night, the Panthers and the Stars. What game are you looking forward to most, man? I think Sunday night. I think Michigan, they they really showed up in week one. And I'm curious to see if that was fluke and it's because they're playing the gamblers or if maybe they're gonna be uh be in it this year. I agree. That was the one that jumped out to me. I will say Saturday night's a little appealing to me. Showboats at Stallions as probably the game that I want to see most, the second one. But I think the top one is Panthers Stars. Can Josh Love do it again? USFL player of the week. And guess what? You're all you guys out there, you are our guys or girls that are listening. You're our player of the week. All right. Listen to the old USFL gambling podcast. What a great first week it was. The road to the Freedom Cup continues to move on, folks. But before 
we get out of here, we want you to subscribe to the old fashioned football podcast. J Mark yeah. and his wife just, just did a, I mean, I mean, they've been doing a, a bunch of shows, but they just had some, uh, some big guests on J Mark. Tell us about the guest and tell, tell fans why they should listen to the old fashioned football podcast. Yeah, no, we have a lot of fun with it. We uh, talk fantasy football while drinking whiskey and review whiskey. Um, we've had three big guests in a row. We had Sam Ocho on nice. uh, former NFL linebacker, former Texas Longhorn, right? Yeah. We had yeah. the head distiller from Savage and cook, which is located in Vallejo, California. They got really good products. You can see them behind me here. Um, and then we had this Colby Dant guy. We oh. had him talking college prospects. This <laughs> picked uh, on D. We did an NFL draft special, folks. Go listen yeah. to that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend that podcast, folks. Get out there, subscribe to it. You uh iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be found. Uh appreciate and also, you know, you host the XFL gambling podcast with myself. Come on over there, check out the XFL gambling podcast and the NFL gambling podcast, as we do know, the uh, NFL draft right around the corner, folks. Uh also for myself here, give the USFL gambling podcast a follow on Twitter at USFL Gambling. And obviously wherever podcasts can be found. I also host the college football experience. We talk college football year round there. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, part of the sports gambling podcast. So check out them. And uh, what else? What else folks check out the CFL gambling podcast that season, that season's going to kick in June and uh, yeah, uh, get the SGPN app. It's free to download in the app store and Google play store and come talk USFL with us. A lot of fun to hop in the Reddit and talk about it. Sometimes you're just sitting there. I don't know if you're at an airport at the bus station or just at home with the in-laws, you know, on that side of the house, and you're just sitting there saying, I need to find my happy place, right? I'm alone watching USFL. Well, you're not really alone. There's a bunch of us just like you hop in there, uh, sports gambling podcast.com slash discord, and then just go to the USFL section. We're all in there chatting about games nonstop. So do that. And uh, yeah, appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, this is the USFL gambling podcast. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.